I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast. And we are extremely grateful for each of you, the listener and or the viewer. Of course, you can view all of our podcast episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and on Vimeo. And as we continue to grow, we have to continue to invest in ourselves to improve the product. And if you are at that point and you feel somewhat generous, be sure to log on to Buzzsprout, which all of our audio only podcasts are, and click on the episode and scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see a link to a website called Buy Me a Coffee. Just click on that and donate whatever you feel like or whatever you're comfortable with. And I promise you, we will reinvest that into continuing to improve this podcast. As for the next episode, let's ride. Drama for the 100. I like that. You like that, Eddie Radosevich? The uh, the momentum, the excitement. We're only on a Tuesday. Uh, Eddie Radosevich, good friends from my wonderful time in Oklahoma City. Friends for life, bros for life. Uh, Eddie, first and foremost, I have to play something for the viewers. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, scared now. This is uh, one of my favorites. I uh, I love this. If you were not aware, Eddie was a student at OU. Uh, journalists covers recruiting. Everything has one of the best senses of humor, and this is just a sample of it because he created a global movement. Vadasovich is an Oklahoma graduate who leads a movement that preaches love, not hookem hate. Horns up for peace. We're standing up for humanity standing up for children that maybe will grow up in a society where the horns down could be displayed at school. That's what I'm here for. People just walking by, knowing that the movement is real. But Eddie, you went to Oklahoma. I get that a lot. I'm just here for peace. Love it. Uh, Never gets old, my friend. Uh, and that was awesome being able to, like, meeting Gene Wojciechowski was actually, like, the sneaky, like, 100%. coolest thing that's possibly happened to me during all of that so it was uh it was definitely worth it and it's been a lot of fun to do that that was something that like literally spawned out of a sam elinger press conference and me and J- uh, jason kersey were sitting at like an ou press conference it was like we gotta we gotta do something and so i all that together. <laughs> and it has grown it has flourished it has, it has. and you've influenced me that's hey, the that's that, that's that's what I try to do here. I try to influence everybody just a little bit. Yeah, that's Good a beautiful bad. thing. I, I love it. And uh, this is just going to be a small sample episode one of the build up to Texas OU or is it OU Texas? Well, it's OU Texas up here. When, once you get uh, north of uh, you know, there's everybody talks about the Red River being the uh, like demarcation line of o- Oklahoma and the state of Texas. Uh, I think we all know that it's DWs. Just a little bit further south. <laughs> Even though the Texas, I guess, kind of claims DWs, uh, because I guess it is technically south of the Red River, we can still, we can always share it. Well, Dallas is Norman South for the most part. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's definitely a lot of uh, Oklahoma alumni within the Dallas area. It's 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 always good to get down there, and obviously with Oklahoma's success in the Big Twelve Championship game and stuff over the last, God, I guess six years now, it's uh, there are it it does feel like there is like a scheduled game down there in Dallas outside of the OU Texas game. It is, and I'll do my best, Bob Stoops. I'll show you my twelve Big Twelve championships. As the final couple of seasons of the Big 12 uh, dwindles down for both Texas and OU, uh, OU obviously the crown jewel of the Big 12. Now, Eddie, as we track down or you know count down to Saturday at 11 o'clock, there has been a very uh, strong email from you that was sent to the governor of Texas, the Governor Abbott. Uh, hey. tell, tell the fine folks about that. As far as I know, I don't think the barbecue bet has ever been paid. I don't know if anybody, if everybody knows. It's like there's always a barbecue bet between the two governors, the state of Oklahoma and the state of Texas. I don't think Governor Abbott's ever paid it. At least I haven't seen the barbecue. So I'm just asking that we respectfully get the debt paid before the game on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, we can obviously we can have a clean slate. I don't want every anybody Please. to have to owe like double the pecan lodge or whatever uh, next time that we, uh, I guess it would have to be somewhere from Austin, wouldn't it? Uh, Or I guess we can go pecan lodge if he's going to be up in the DFW area. Uh, I just want like Franklin's. It doesn't matter to me. Just pay up, pay the debt that is owed to the state of Oklahoma. I'm sure the governor Stitt would find a way to weasel his way out of it too. But uh, we just want to, we just want a clean slate before the game on Saturday. Oh, well, there's a lot of debts owed between the two states. If oh, no. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of that. There's for sure. Hey, I don't know how to transition from that, but this game, um, obviously the first meeting between Lincoln Riley and Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. Um, what is your take on this? Because both teams are very similar in that they're having troubles on the offensive line. Sure. And, you know, it's kind of funny, just like the the macro aspect of this entire game. It's like I was talking to somebody uh, from uh, down in Austin earlier and, uh, you know, Oklahoma's five and oh, and you would think that if you looked at the message boards or you looked at Twitter or anything like that, it's like you would think Oklahoma's one and four right now. Yeah. And on the flip side of it, Texas is four and one. They've kind of found some new uh, uh, I guess I guess some some new happiness, if you will, uh, with Casey Thompson since everything in the debacle in Fayetteville and. Uh, it appears from from the outside looking in like everybody's pretty happy with everything uh, right now in, uh, in in Sark's first year. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, you look at Oklahoma's offensive line, you look at the offense over just overall. And, you know, we're two weeks removed from the, the offense basically being booed down in Norman. And, uh, you know, that was kind of awkward. That was a first since 2014 that that a team had, you know, really kind of come under a bunch of fire from the yeah. Oklahoma fan base. And. Uh, you know, we'll see it, it. I think it shapes up into what should be a really good game. And, you know, I think that, you know, these teams, it, the cliche line of these teams could both be 0-5 going into this game. And I think there'd still be a lot of excitement, a lot of hype going into it. Uh, but, you know, I think there is a little bit of added element this year just for the fact that, uh, you know, both teams, there's so much on the line. I think that, you know, this is kind of a, uh, it's like a, it, it's a good barometer game for Oklahoma as far as, is this going to be a team that, you know, can they set up their second half of the schedule and do a, a, a real national championship run? Or are they kind of what they are over the first five games? And uh, that's been, you know, there's been some good, but I think overall and what the expectations were going into 2021 for Lincoln Riley's team, it's it's, it's been pretty mediocre. It's been uh, it's it's underperformed. And I think that, uh, you know, they they 
stay have stayed positive within that ball in the uh uh you know kind of behind the uh the gates of Oklahoma football that nobody ever gets in and um we'll see I there's a lot of uh I guess question marks going into this one for Oklahoma just as far as you know what this team is um is it kind of Jekyll and Hyde just as far as the offense and and it's kind of weird to say that too because you look at like Spencer Rattler's numbers I have him in front of me it's like He's still leading the Big 12 in yardage passing. He's completing 76% of his passes, which I think is number two nationally in the country. Um, and then a 10 to four touchdown to interception ratio. And people are acting like, you know, it's been awful or that they haven't been able to move the ball. And there's been some really weird games. Uh, you know, the West Virginia and the Nebraska games, they only have eight possessions the entire game. They have three possessions in the first half last week against Kansas state. So it's been, uh, it's been weird. It's been really strange. Like, I don't know how many times that we've walked into the uh, podcast studios after the game. And it's been like, what a weird game that was. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what to even say about it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they're five and zero, oh, and they found a way to win in a bunch of those games. And um, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's been kind of awkward, but at the same time, it's uh, it's, it's, it's been good to get back to, you know, kind of the normalcy of what we didn't have in 2020. And it's the same thing down here. Of course, the honeymoon phase was sure. our every first year head coach. Sure. And I think uh, a lot of great things such as what that Tom Herman didn't do last year was to uh, have B. John Robinson on the bench until the latter Tell part of the man. year. And now this guy, Sark will play you. He, you could be 12 years old. If you can produce, you're playing. Sure. Bijan right now is uh, perhaps the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. It's been incredible. Um, I've got to ask you this. This is not even Red River rivalry uh, related, but it was brought to my attention just in discussion with friends who are, quote, in the know. And I and I question that sometimes a lot, 100% of the time, that Lincoln Riley doesn't agree with the move of the SEC and may uh, maybe look for greener pastures in the NFL. Because he doesn't. I don't know where that came from. Have you heard anything like that? No, I haven't. I, you know, I, and it's kind of one of those things too that it's like, I think, and this is, this is always kind of strange. And I brought this up on our podcast before. I brought it up on the radio as well. And it's, it's something that I've talked, I, I don't know about passionately about, but it's something that I truly believe. Like Lincoln Riley loves the game of college football, in wow. my opinion. I think he, like, he is one of those guys that feels like he is a protector of the sport of college football. And I think that like, when you see like the name image likeness stuff uh, that has popped up and I'm not going to say that he's against it because he's not an idiot. He knows that it, you know, it's good for recruiting. It's good for everybody that's involved. But at the same time, I think that he very much views himself in the realm of kind of one of those like protectors of college football, just as far as like the pageantry of it, uh, the tradition of it the kind of the old school mentality of it. And I think people forget that like he is a West Texas guy. Like he grew up in that, uh, that, that, you know, that, that realm of things. So I don't know. I mean, the, the NFL stuff's always going to be there for Lincoln. I, you know, until he, you know, is all of a sudden we look up and he's been in Oklahoma for 25 years, which I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily ever going to happen, but I don't think that he's ever going to leave. uh, Or I don't want to say, I I don't think he's ever going to leave. I don't think he's going to be leaving anytime soon. And, you know, you look at what they're doing in the recruiting aspect Mm -hmm. of things. Uh, You look at kind of the program that they're trying to build, I guess. And, and, you know, there's, there's this sense that even going into 2021, it was going to be like, 
these next five years for Oklahoma football and the way that they're recruiting, uh, they have the number one recruiting class in the 2023 group right now. It really felt like these next five years could be better than what they've been over the last five years. And in a way, I think that's kind of what has kind of skewed Oklahoma's fans and expectations of, you know, looking at what this season has been to date. And that's why it's been so disappointing. But at the same time, they found a way to win all those games. And I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of exciting, uh, you know, I obviously for the fan base, but I think it should be exciting for the uh, the coaching staff as they enter into, uh, you know, the realm of the SEC and what that could bring. So I don't think so. Like, I know that's always out there um, and there's always going to be rumors and stuff until he refutes it. But uh, it certainly doesn't seem like Lincoln's a guy that is looking to go anywhere anytime soon. No, I, I totally agree. I think it's uh, some uh, fans of the burn orange who uh, would like to see that. Uh, because I think people have uh, accepted the fact that OU has dominated the Big 12, and but there's mutual respect between the sure. two. I just think it's wishful thinking and someone twisted a rumor. Um, I and we, it, at some point it's going to get old to him. It's good, yeah. like the recruiting element of it is going to get old. But I think he loves that stuff right now. Like yeah. I think that that is the kind of stuff that drives him. Uh, you know, and it's, it, I guess it's probably easier recruiting to Oklahoma than it would be at, you know, wherever. Uh, but I think that there's a certain element to that. Um, he just, he loves the game of college football. It is very evident when he talks about name, image, likeness stuff, when he talks about, uh, you know, keeping the bowls around, when he talks just about, uh, you know, just stuff that is just kind of off the beaten path, not really necessarily Oklahoma stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that, I think he loves the game of college football to the extent of, I don't know how much like the professional, like he's never really talked about it either though, Clinch. I mean, he's never really talked about the aspiration to go coach in the NFL and who knows it could be out there someday, but you know, if OU, if OU were to run off like two national championships, I would be much more open to the idea of Lincoln leaving than I would be of him going like say next year or something like that yeah i couldn't agree more i mean you and i are on the same level as we we love 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 college football mm-hmm. and i think sark would be the one that would may take a bounce to the nfl just sure. because of before lincoln and of course i'm i've been wrong 80 percent of the time oh, say, you know, count me in that same group yeah. i mean <laughs> Hey, we're going to have to burn all these tapes if he ends up being uh, you know, the head coach somewhere. But like, and I, I do think that it would have to be a fit type thing. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I, we've kind of seen how it's working for some of these new jobs uh, in the NFL. And it's just like, I don't ever see Lincoln Riley. And I know they just have a rookie head coach right now, but like, I don't see him ever going to coach the New York Jets. I don't ever see him going to coach like the Miami Dolphins or something like that. It just, it's a, it's a weird fit and, you know, something that doesn't probably get talked about. Uh, enough because it's not sexy and it, it, it's kind of, I guess, awkward. And I don't really know the backstory on this, but it's like, you know, his kids are entering a phase where they're starting to get friends at school. And I would imagine that it would be hard to uproot a family uh, from, from what they're doing. Point. And I have heard that he's building a house in Norman right now. And I know that doesn't mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but um, it just doesn't seem like it right now would be the right fit. They got a really good setup here over the next, you know, three, four years, especially with what they have in like in his quarterback room uh, with, you know, obviously with Spencer this year and then Caleb Williams waiting in the wings and then uh, the number one quarterback in the uh, 2023 class, or I guess the one, a one B with him and uh, Arch Manning and Malachi Nelson. So it's, uh, 
they got a good thing. I don't know why he would leave it. I guess it'd probably be the, the, yeah, the I, short-winded I, I, answer. I would be shocked. Sure. So as far as the Red River rivalry, there's more than just the game. Sure. Oh yeah, this thing. This thing starts like it starts on Monday. Even it, like it even starts on Sunday night. It's like after you, you know, after after Texas gets done with TCU, after OU got done with Kansas State, it's like it's here. But I don't think that like it feels like it because we were robbed of it last year. We didn't have that experience, None. which is kind of funny to say that. But in the same vein, say it was probably one of the best games in I don't know, like 10, 15 years. All the overtimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like. I I don't know what Saturday can bring us that would equate a five overtime game in which, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, it felt like I was, I was watching in the replay of it a couple of days ago. And it's like, you could look at any moments in the, in those overtimes and go, Oh, Texas is going to win that game. Yeah. Or even go back into regulation after Elinger scored. And it's like, just go for two, go for two. And this game's over. I don't think, Oh, you could have stopped them. <laughs> Ellinger. I know. I always do that. I Elon. always do that. Ellen Gurr. <laughs> hard G. Hard G. Hard, I always, hard I, I always G. remember Tom Urban saying hard G. Hard. And he would enunciate hard G. Or just turn around and give the ball to Bijan. Like, Bijan. That's it. It, it would have been over. It would have been over. Seattle hand the ball off to a certain running back who right. loves Skittles. Right. You know? Right. I, it just, like, I, I, as, as good as these coaches are, and I would never claim to know more football than them. I think sometimes it's like they overthink it a little bit. And the fan is just screaming at the television, like, just Run do this. The ball. Yeah, I know. It's it's insane. Analytics, the binder. Yeah. We got well, go they, they always got to revert back to it. It's like just use common sense. Dude, your intuition. Hey Eddie, you you've uh on the state fair. It's good people watching every oh. year. That's not COVID related. Buy or sell. Fletcher's corn dogs are elite state fair food. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm not one of those guys that will go and get the the crazy ass, like new whatever that they come out with. You know, like the Dallas Morning News does the uh, like top 30 or whatever, like new fried treats. I'm really not that guy. Like you would think like because I'm fat, like I would love that kind of stuff, but I really don't. Give me two two just regular corn dogs, might throw a little ketchup on it. And like 10 wax cup beers. And I'm good to go. Like, I'm very simple. That's all I need. Double fist. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wax cup beers. Absolutely. They, you know, they have the uh, the Fletcher's Corn Dogs at OU Games now. in the uh, On the east side of the stadium, they have like their own stand. That's I haven't been over there yet, but uh, I've heard they're, you know, what, what we will be expecting when we get to the fair on Saturday. I think, I think I had a Fletcher's food trucks uh siding at dkr memorial stadium i think like outside of it i think inside who in the Ooh. gates revenue stream inside my radio partner todd uh he like he claims that like fletcher's it's just a regular corn dog and we've almost like i've walked out of the studio before because <laughs> it's not there is something that like within the batter that makes it elite and it is the best thing that you can possibly get at the texas state fair it, uh, it's just 100 is Breakfast of champions, which beer makes it a breakfast of champions? Usually I'll just go like it's it's usually whatever uh whatever stand I'm at, but Bud Light or Coors Light or Budweiser, it doesn't matter to me. I'm really disappointed that give me, just give me a domestic. Well, 
I think they should. Depends carry, how many tickets uh, I have too. Yeah, well, that's that's a key. <laughs> Cash is not accepted, except for the coupon machine. Right. I really am. Nat- they need to have Natty Light for you. Ooh, now that that would be elite. I, although I will say it's like I feel like there's just some type of nectar of the gods that they do have at the Texas State Fair that like even Miller Light. Like I don't usually drink it a whole lot, but out there. Put anything in that wax paper cup, and I'll probably drink it. <laughs> hey, if you get a chance, if you're going to the game, when you see Eddie, horns up for peace for him. Oh, I'll be there. And, and he has to follow, you have to follow him on Twitter. I'll be down um, on the sidelines. Be on the sidelines with a camera in hand. He is searching for the uh, unorthodox angles. Absolutely. He does good work for Soonerscoop.com. Real quick, Eddie, before we bounce out of here. Because your presence, I'm in debt to you for life. The Natty Light uh, ledger is growing for this legend here. Prediction for the game. Oh, man. I, I've i been going back and forth on this all week. Yeah. I, I really, like, I can see every re- – like, I, I thought I was going to pick Kansas State last week against Oklahoma. And Ooh. I didn't end up doing it because I'm a wussy with a different phrase. But it just <laughs> – I, I don't know, man. Like I I I love what Texas has done uh since the uh the Arkansas game and they've looked extremely good in doing so. Uh it seems like Oklahoma hasn't been able to get off the field on third down. Uh I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just leaning more heart than head right now, but it does feel like Oklahoma made a good move last week as far as what they're doing offensively. Uh, you know, Rattler, he was he was excellent. He was 22 or 25. Uh, it, it feels like if it comes down to Rattler or Casey Thompson, I would probably side with Rattler making more plays. Uh, we'll see though. It probably depends on it's, it's, it's a, it's a classic OU Texas matchup. Who's going to win special teams. Who's going to not turn the ball over and who's going to be able to run the ball. And I guess I'm almost now talking myself into thinking that it's going to be Texas, but, uh, (laughs) we'll just go with, uh, we'll go with history. And uh, or at least over the last decade, 15 years. And uh, we'll say Oklahoma in a tight one, 31-28, Gabe Burkich game-ending field goal as time expires. That guy's a great interview, by the way. He is. I mean, you think I'm a weirdo? That guy's a weirdo. <laughs> Weird is good in this day. No, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And he's like, Clinch, he might he might be end up being the best kicker Oklahoma's ever had from a uh, and Garrett Hartley from a leg let from a leg wise. Yeah. I think Gabe Burkich, he will be able to kick in the NFL for years to come. He has the name. And as I say that he'll probably miss like a chip shot to win the game. Like he did last <laughs> year. Having said that, as of today, my prediction will probably change with each episode. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Believe me. Like whatever I say right here, it's not going to be my final prediction. I'll yeah. probably take Texas on Sooner Scoop and the radio. So uh, just keep that in mind. As we get closer and closer to the game, I get more negative about everything. So you caught me on a good day. We just had the press conferences and stuff today. So now I'm feeling pretty good about Oklahoma's chances. By Friday, I'll completely have talked myself out of it. Yeah, so we'll publish this today so it won't be uh, dated. Um, you mentioned Gabe Burchich missing an extra point. I'm going to go with Texas. Oof. 27 26 because Gabe missed that extra point. There you go. And it didn't send it to overtime. <laughs> there and you that's, go. That's what I'm going with. As it, of today. 
It should be great, man. It's going to be one of those. I think one of those. It's setting up at least for one of those OU Texas games that you look back and you go, "Yeah, that was that was phenomenal." And I think just just the fact that it's going to be full full capacity, State Fair of Texas at full go. Like there's there was definitely a part of me last year, you know, watching it from Oklahoma City uh, from home. It's like I missed all of it. Like I, it's just there's something about this weekend, whether you're driving up from Austin or whether you're driving down from Oklahoma that. Uh, you know, once you get into the DFW area this weekend, just second weekend of October, that's where you're supposed to be. You're supposed yeah. to be down in Dallas. And then park in somebody's front yard and that just that's the icing on the cake. It's always just, beautiful. It, just hope that car's there when you get home. <laughs> 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 just hope it's there. Well, Eddie, this will be my first game since 1992 as a fan. Dude, uh, I can't I can't believe I that A, it's been that long, and B just like you've you've walked down the tunnel like there is like it is a and i've you know obviously can never say that i would you know have any anywhere close to being able to play in the game or anything like that but just like walking down the tunnel and knowing like the history that's in that that capacity is like i don't want to say that i've cried before but it's been a it's an emotional experience knowing like how many people have been inside that legend sack tunnel walking down that exact path onto that field. Like it's, it's hard to explain. You and I are on the same page. I, I, I remember in the one for 17 years, I made a point uh, about with eight minutes or so before kickoff, while the players are going back up or in the locker room to go down that tunnel. And you, there's a, you know, there's a special smell in that tunnel. Yeah, yeah, there it's is the smell of mildew from leaking walls sure. and, and legend, sure. college football legends. It, it, it just what those if those walls could talk and that no doubt at that tunnel is a thing of beauty. It's iconic almost. I it's awesome when the stadium is full, but and you would know this. It's like when you get there early enough and there's nobody in the stadium yet yeah. and you walk down the tunnel and you just kind of like take it all in and there's nobody inside of the stadium. It's a, it's like, Holy crap. This thing's a lot bigger than you think it is. And then B it's like, Holy, like this is the, the gravity of the moment, whether it be at like 7am and your head's still pounding a little bit from Friday night. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, Oh my God, like today's the day that everybody looks forward to. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, six hours later and the game's in the middle of the fourth quarter or whatever. It's just, it's a special experience. And, and the sound of the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fair, fair food, the trash talking outside the gates. And then the teams, you could feel the tension. The Ooh. number two to like walking down the tunnel is number one. Number two is waiting on the teams to arrive and they come down yeah. the, uh, the, uh, I don't, I guess it's what, what is that the midway or whatever. Yeah. And like the buses and the fans split on each side. It's just, there's, there's, there's truly nothing like it. There, there really isn't. I, in, you know, I, I would love to see a night game out there. I would love to see the game played at night, you know, wherever, but if that means eliminating the fair and if that means eliminating the cotton bowl, like count me out, I don't, I don't want that. I, I don't, Number one, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it will ever move to Jerry World. That's Hope not on. going to happen. I'm not the biggest, uh, not the biggest Jerry World guy. In the entire I, world. I'm not. I'm tired of it. It's a great place. It's a it's a, a spectacular venue. It's an architectural like feat. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's just like I I don't think that it's 
it's not the best place for college football. Oh. It's not how college football should be. Just for a bowl game. I'll take it as sure. a bowl game. Sure. Before like I almost it. cried when the Cotton Bowl left the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I Man. like hearing the bands. I like hearing the bands. There's like that's probably third. That's the third list. I'll I'll quit rambling, but no, I love you. That's number three. That's number three on like that 25-ish minutes before kickoff when Texas takes the Texas band takes the field and then Oklahoma band take the field. That thing. That's that's like when it hits. It's like, okay, this is this is it. This is this is countdown time. The hairs are raising on my arms when you talk like that to me. Thank you. That's will be the last time. <laughs> Won't be the last. It will not be the last. Follow my guy Eddie Radasevich on Twitter, and and please, please, please give him a shout if you see him on the fairgrounds. Uh, he may be double fisting uh, the wax cups, but that's part of the tradition. Eddie, after gonna, the game, after the game, after the game. That's right. Not before. You have a ne- job. Never, do, sir. never, never before. Never before. That's never happened before. Kickoff. Well, I mean, sometimes you gotta like. I don't want to dehydrate myself. No, because so it does get hot. Right. It is going to be hot Saturday, too. God. Nah. Can we just get one OU Texas where it's like 72 at kickoff? No rain. Just perfect out. It's going to be really hot. I think one every 10 years would be lovely. Yeah. I'll, lovely. I'll ta- I take one every 20 years. It doesn't feel – I don't remember a time that we've ever been down there where it's uh, like mildly cool. I would take that. Yeah. I might even just- take a little rain. I know that would kind of suck, but 2007, great game. Demarco Murray broke it off. Mm-hmm. And remember the warning system? Yes. Everybody escape. Yeah, everybody get out of your seats and go out into the <laughs> thunderstorm coming on the horizon. I think well, I remember like leaving there with uh, a couple pledge brothers, and uh, like trying to like basically race to get to the car, and at one point it was just like, nah, not no. gonna make it. It's not happening. You take cover <laughs> under a, a, a beer food truck, you know, yes. and, uh, you know, just wait it out. That's the way to do it. You know, when we're going up early and we're going to leave late, Eddie, and you're going to be a part of my day. I'm looking for you, brother. Sure. I'll see you. Hey, horns up for peace for Eddie Radosevich and Norman. Okay. And for the man cave brothers, big Mike coach Mo and the hardball hard we out. We good, player.